and welcome to What About Us, a podcast that discusses how policies, history, and culture affect rural Tennesseans. I am proud to be a part of the Tennessee Holler team of voices hollering the truth throughout the state. Check out tnholler.com to see all the shows live and recorded. Sign up for the newsletter and make a donation as we are people powered. Also check out the Tennessee Holler and Facebook and Twitter. Our topic today is dental care for the uninsured in rural Tennessee. My guest is Dr. Bruce Baird. Hi, Bruce. Hi. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) Thank you. You've had a dental practice for many years on the plateau, correct? I did. I practiced for a little over 30 years on the plateau um, in in a private practice, and now I'm helping with the Bersheba Dental Clinic, as you know. Okay, and we're going to talk about that a lot. So why is good dental care so important to health? Well, um, for the obvious reasons that if you take care of your mouth, you're going to be able to chew and digest and all that better. But in the last 15 to 20 years, um, a lot of science has shown, a lot of research has shown that there are many direct connections between oral health and just holistic health and total body health, um, particularly uh in as far as heart trouble goes, there's been um, uh, research that has shown that the very bacteria that cause most um, gum disease or periodontal, periodontal disease um, also affects the heart. And so uh, uh, there's been a direct link between periodontal, periodontal disease and acute heart problems. Um, also, when you think about uh, some of the most common diseases in America, diabetes, say, um, that it, infections in the mouth is one of the first places that some that sometimes that's diagnosed because when infections don't heal in the mouth infections are easy to see in the mouth as opposed to some other places um and and they're, if they're not healing then then uh patients uh have been diagnosed with with diabetes and of course that's one of the most prevalent diseases in america as as you know and and most other people do um so there there are lots of reasons uh, and and then some of the more superficial reasons are just um, cosmetics and um, the ability to smile. And that sometimes helps lead well, not only to conversation, but also to, um, to job, to employment. Because exactly. so many people have a, ha, don't present well because they're afraid, they're, they're embarrassed of their teeth. So they, they, they don't do so well in interviews where they would if they could smile and, and, and be a happy person. Yeah. And sometimes talk. Oh, exactly. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Talk. Clearly. And uh, even, you know, the, the dental pain. Uh, fun. <laughs> and <laughs> you can't function in your work. So I don't know if it, the, the rates of absenteeism or something like that. But uh, you well, know. Uh, yeah, that's been shown as well. And I don't have the statistics right in front of me, but but um, it, there, there have been a lot of studies on that as far as how many work days or, lo- or work hours are lost in particular in, in individual states because of dental pain. Right, right. Um, so, but there's a great inequality in the ability to have good dental care, you know, the well-off versus uh, people of color and the uninsured. I mean, do you have a lot of, uh, have you seen a lot more dental insurance patients than before? Um, um, I don't remember dental insurance being that common until maybe the it, last 10 years or so. It, well, it's, it's probably more than the last... 25 years or so. Um, when we first start, we started, I started my dental practice in 1981 in Suwannee. And, um, 
and there was dental insurance. The university had uh, basically a nominal um, uh, uh, dental insurance policy um, that just covered the very basics. Right. Um, and and as an mainly as an employment lure, I think uh, more than really a, a health factor. But um, as time went on, uh, more and more people. Uh, and more and more companies started offering dental insurance. And when I sold my practice, um, actually it was in 1985 when we started the, the, the uh, no, no, it was 81 when we started the dental practice, um, probably around 95 or so, we noticed uh, the, a big uptick in, in, the, in the number of patients that have dental insurance. And along those lines, um, the, uh, as, as I know, you know, Sandy, but, um, the the Medicaid in Tennessee for for dental work um, stops at age 21. So the the day a patient turns 21, they can no longer be uh, they're not no longer covered under dental Medicaid in Tennessee. That's not true in most other states. Um, and and I um, I think I mentioned this to you earlier, but I've I've got a little perspective on this because I I work part time now for a company called DentaQuest. And DentaQuest um, administers Medicaid, dental Medicaid programs for 41 states now. Um, and, and, and by administer, I mean, they, they, they don't set the policies. The states set their own policies, but they do it in conjunction with the uh, administration at DentaQuest. And then DentaQuest um, administers those policies to each state. And, and uh, so Tennessee is one of very few that does not cover adults. And so I think it's a, it's a, um, it's a travesty really that the state of Tennessee has, has they, now granted to give them credit, they've done a good job in providing Medicaid care for children and young adults in Tennessee. Um, and that doesn't just include emergency care, that includes routine fillings, basically what you would get going to a private dentist in Tennessee with either no insurance or with uh, with a dental insurance policy. Um, they even cover some crowns and root canals and things like that and up to age 21. So what we were seeing in our practice when I was practicing was there was a um, there was good care until age 21, and then if the if if the person was on Medicaid. They either were unemployed or they were underemployed, and they um, and they, so they couldn't really afford most general dental private practices. And because of that, um, either didn't go to the dentist or would only go to the dentist if there was some um, so, well, pain, of course. But if there was some horrible aesthetic problem that they needed fixed for purposes of employment or speaking or eating or whatever. So, um, so I think the state of Tennessee really dropped the ball on, on providing care for that segment of our population because it's a big segment. And I know from working in Beersheba, and I know you probably would agree with this, there are some just wonderful people that are um, citizens or live in Grundy County and Marion County and Franklin County and, and, the, and the neighboring counties who by no fault of their own have just run up on hard times and don't have the funds to, to say, go to a dentist or to a general dentist. And so, uh, but Tennessee has really not done anything 
over all these years for that segment of our population. Um, I, I'm a little cynical on this because uh, the, the Tennessee Medicaid um, uh, office was given a big award. Um, this was probably 20 years ago or so. Um, but I remember thinking at the time how almost hypocritical it was that the, they were, they were, it was an award, a federal award given in Washington. They had representatives go to the Senate to receive this award on what a wonderful program they had developed, Tennessee had developed um, for children and young adults in Tennessee for dental work. And which was great. I mean, it was good to get that recognition, but at the same time, there was no mention made of age 21 <laughs> up. It, 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 the fact that we had just dropped the ball on all those people. So, um, yes, uh, ten Tennessee is one of only three states that does not have in their Medicaid program any um, provision for people over 21. I always have to remind listeners that you're not on. Medicaid for being poor, for being right. income. You have to be uh, a, a parent. Uh, you have to be disabled, or you have to be pregnant. Okay, it's not just because you're you're poor. Because we have not expanded Medicaid, so we have all these people that are down on their luck, and they they don't have you know Medicaid. So I have to make that always clear. Now, some of the states that cover it under their Medicaid program. Our Medicaid program is called TenCare. Um, it's not much. It might just be extractions and things like that. Some of them are, are, are a little bit more. And also Medicaid expansion, uh, which is part of the ACA that again, Tennessee consistently refuses to uh, adapt, adopt, um, can also cover dental over 21. Right. The Medicaid block grant that was pushed through the legislature, the first thing this year, um, that would not cover any dental care, you know, either. Right. Medicare doesn't cover dental care. It doesn't at all. Yeah. Right. So um, we got a lot of people that are out of luck. So yeah. let's talk about <laughs> yeah. Bishop of Springs. Now, um, you began working with the Bishop of Springs Medical Clinic, which is a donation supported uh, medical clinic in Grundy County that provides um, care using uh, a variety of volunteers and paid staff. We have a couple of alliances with medical schools in Nashville and Chattanooga. So it really, uh, really is a wonderful site um, for and learning. And even, and even in Connecticut, correct? Yes, even Yale. <laughs> He got hooked up with a program in Connecticut. But a few years ago, we started talking about dental care. So so tell us how you got involved with that. Well, yeah, um, I, I, I'm glad you asked that. Um, for my 30 plus years of practicing dentist in, dentistry in Sewanee, I had a lot of patients from all over the plateau. And and, and a lot of people who I knew were just down on their luck um, would come in, they would need emergency care, say an extraction, um, which we would do. And in the, in the course of doing that, we do an exam of their mouth and, and quickly ascertained that there was a lot of dental work that needed to be done on a lot of these people. Um, and, and some that was, was pre-emergent, I guess would be the way. 
to, to say. And, and so we'd explain that to him and say, you know, we really need to get this under control or you're going to have a hard time. And, you know, nine times out of 10, we would get the answer. Well, you know, I, I realize I've got a lot of problems, but I just don't have any money and I'm not employed or um, I'm, I'm employed, but I've got four children at home and, and whatever. And, and so they were, they, they meant well, and I know they wanted to do the best they could do, most of them, um, but they just were in a position they couldn't. And it was sort of a source of guilt for me, honestly, for a long time. Um, I, you know, we, we saw, we did see Medicaid patients, but then at 21, we were not paid by Medicaid anymore. So we would give a lot of free work away. But at some point, if you're trying to do this to raise your own family, you can't give everything away. And so, and so I, I, I did feel I had this underlying feeling of, I don't know if guilt's the right word, but of, of a responsibility to help mm-hmm. some of these people who who wanted help and and obviously needed help. And so, um, about three years ago or so, I, I met with um, Dr. Hal. I mean, Dr. Uh, Garrett Adams. In um, we met in Mont Eagle and ate lunch, and he was just he was telling me that um, the practitioners in the clinic in the medical clinic in Bersheba, um had we're seeing quite a few dental abscesses and there really, there wasn't any, any, any definitive way to treat them. They were being treated with medication, which is a, a stopgap measure and obviously not the, the answer, uh, the long-term answer. And he um, asked me if I would be interested in, in trying to do something with dental. And it just, the, the timing just worked out well because I had some time and um and I, I knew it was going to take some time to get a clinic, a dental clinic established. But luckily, um, the, uh, the uh, as I understand it, the church next door to the medical clinic had donated the rectory um, for their church. I believe that's correct um, to the Bersheba uh, Medical Clinic, Bersheba Springs Medical Clinic. And w- with the idea that it would be a, a multi uh, clinic building that might eventually house a maybe a physical therapist or maybe some um some mental health services and dental and whatever so um so through a lot of uh a lot of volunteers uh, money was raised and then um the building was refurbished um by a, a lot lots of volunteers and 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 lots of people students from the university came to help and and uh, people in the in the in the Bershaw Springs community came to help, and and it was it was it was fun, and it was good uh, to 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 get to meet a lot of these people, and so we put up walls and painted and all that, and then um, over the next probably six to nine months, I um, I woodworking is one of my hobbies, and so I, I I made some cabinets and we did some plumbing, and but more importantly, we got. Um, a large grant from Delta Dental Insurance Company um, that uh, that it, 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 their their philanthropy philanthropy arm I think is called Smile One One Eighty, uh-huh. and so they they gave us a large grant to buy basic equipment. So we were able to buy two dental chairs, an X-ray unit, and and a lot of instruments, um, uh, and and then some expendable supplies as well. And then we had local people who also pitched in money, um, people from Sewanee and Monteagle and Bersheba and just different places. A lot of people that I don't even know um, 
them or where they're from gave some money. So we were able to get up and running and we worked for, um, when I say we, it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm the dentist. And then um, Diane Scarborough, who is from Winchester, um, is, is the dental assistant and also sort of the, the mover and shaker of this whole thing. She, she uh, is a great organist. She worked for me in, in, in my practice in Sewanee for about 20 years or so. And she is a, a real organized and compassionate person who um, has really put her put a lot of time and effort into this dental clinic. So it's Diane and myself, and then Becky Cheney, um, who is a nurse practitioner. Um, she uh, does all our health screenings. Um, she takes uh, health histories and and she advises me if there's um, if there's a blood pressure problem, say or or some underlying health problem that might not be safe to treat that patient that day. So she's invaluable to me in our clinic. She also can get um, antibiotics if we feel like somebody is really uh, is, is in a bad way and needs more than just an extraction. So at this point, um, we, anyway, so we worked for about a year and then COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And so we obviously couldn't work for some time there. And we started back uh, coincidentally just last week. Um, we went back to work, and but we have a, a backlog of over 200 patients on the list now. So, so I'm in the process of trying to help recruit other um, dentists and um, and dental assistants. And I guess I, I may be kind of getting ahead of of our schedule here, but um, one of the things that we we want to expand our services when we get to a point where we can. At this point we have so many extractions that need to be done and so many people that want and need extractions at right now that we've got to get that under control before we can offer too many more services. But one of the things we really want to do, and I think we will be able to do is to bring a hygienist hygienist in one or two days a week, uh, excuse me, one or two days a month. Um, and we have, we're talking to a couple of volunteers that are, are possibly interested in that and and so we would be able to at least clean teeth in there and and then we would love to get to the point where we can do basic restorations as well to keep this decay from becoming so rampant um and of course on along with all this and and one thing that we are doing now that diane does more of than i do is trying to do some dental education to um help the not only the patients, but also the children at home of these patients. Uh, we've, we've gotten uh, lots of uh, toothbrush kits donated. So we give those out and Diane talks to them somewhat about nutrition and diet. We, we don't have a lot of time to do that right now, but that's another thing that we we're looking forward to is being able to, to, to do more education right. than just uh, uh, emergency work. About how many patients can you see a, a day? Well, um, you know, when we were, when I had my practice in Sewanee, we would see 20 to 30 or 35 patients a day with a hygienist. Um, but in Beersheba, because, um, because all we're doing is extractions and we're not, on most patients, we're not doing one extraction. Most of our patients we see need numerous extractions. And so often we're taking out six, eight, 10 teeth on someone at one sitting. And so, so we don't see as many people. 
Um, and also the, another complicated factor now is with the COVID situation, the, the protocol um, for cleaning is changed somewhat. Luckily, dentistry, um, it, we were always, our, our personal protective um, equipment has not changed a whole lot. It has as far as the type of mask we wear, but we always wore masks. We always wore eye, eye cover. We always wore um, uh, get some type of gowns. And we, of course, wore gloves. And so that hadn't changed too much. But anyway, typically now we'll see a patient every 45 minutes or so oh, okay. is, is the way it's set up. And we uh, actually last Tuesday, since it was our first Tuesday back, we had schedule one an hour, but we found that we could, we, we know now that we can still do the, the cleaning between the patients well and, and do it every 45 minutes. So that's where we are now. Okay. Well, I... Uh, um, Bruce was one of those providers with um, um, multiple patients on the days that I was there with yeah. a toothache and uh, very, very hard to really, for me anyway, to determine if there really was an abscess, you know, unless it was, but they didn't, sure. yeah. but, you know, where you could say, all right, you know, we need to get you on antibiotics and we need to get you a dentist. It's my, it was my understanding that um, that antibiotics can't necessarily take care of the whole thing. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, definitely a stopgap. I mean, um, typically like, we'll just say anecdotally, um, on Tuesday, the last, a week ago today, when we were in the clinic, um, I saw probably four or five people that we were taking teeth out on that said they had, they had been on three of them had been on three rounds had had three rounds of antibiotics and the other uh, maybe two 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 or you know some someone but all almost all of them had called them the medical clinic to get on antibiotics because that's the only way they could get out of the acute pain but it, even antibiotics really won't take obviously they don't take care of the problem the deep seated problem either is going to is an extraction is going to require an extraction or a root canal on the tooth um, and so, uh, so you're right. Um, antibiotics are, are definitely, they, they definitely help and it's a great thing we have, them. but, um, they're, they're not going to take, they're not the long-term answer. They don't them. get in and, and actually treat the entire infection. No, they don't. No. Okay. So that's, that was one thing that, that stressed and to go back to the oral care, you know, right. again, until they could, uh, get somewhere I did, but sometimes it's just, it's just pain. It's not an abscess. It's right. And it, 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 it typically situations like that, they, they're the, the teeth, a tooth or teeth will really hurt, but they may not display a swelling or pus drainage or whatever. If, but it would eventually come to that if, if you let, if, if they could tolerate the pain for long enough, eventually. It would have um, done do that. Okay. okay. Uh, I wanted to mention a, a guide um, of other clinics in Tennessee. Right. Yeah. Called the dental uh, guide. It, but it is from Dental, um, uh, Delta Dental and Smile 180. Right. Um, and I will say that um, they do have free, I think that, I hate the word free. We have no charge. Right, exactly. <laughs> we exactly. have no charge. We take patient donations, but other, otherwise the dental uh, clinic is funded by donations and grants and things that, that we uh, can get. But in this guide, there are some sliding scale, um, sliding scales and low charges, much, 
much less than uh, than a commercial dentist. Let me mention one of the things that I, um, with with our dental clinic that that I really want to work hard to help relieve this problem is that um, you know by taking teeth out we're we're helping people. Uh, we're helping people get out of pain. We're not solving if, you know, this is a bad pun, but not solving the root of the problem here um, just by extracting teeth, because we know there's going to be other work that needs to be done, but at least we're going, we can get people out of the immediate pain. But the next step is where we fall short in our clinic. And we know that, but we just don't have an answer to it right now. And that is what do we do when we remove all the teeth on patients? They, you know, even if, Cosmetically, it's not going to be a factor um, functionally and medically, uh, just from a health standpoint. Um, they need teeth. They need they need to have dentures. And we just don't have any we're not we don't have a facility to do that anywhere around. Um, so that is, I, don't, I don't foresee us in the near future being able to make dentures out of our clinic. But what I do want to try to do is establish a fund where we can at least help people pay to have dentures made because that is a that 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 is something that we really need to do because we're I think we're doing somewhat of a disservice if we extract all oh, wow. teeth and then just let them go and then they're on you know they're back out there so right, right. Um, so I think that that's something that that we're trying to work on um in a few minutes ago when I talked about the team I I, I, forgot, I didn't mention Allison Gower who is the executive director of the not just dental clinic but the the whole the whole shebang in Bersheba and she's been just great to work with and um and and has has been uh, a good a good leader for for our clinic um in that she's um she's organized, she's involved, she, and she wants to be involved and she is involved. Um, and if any questions go to her and she seems to either have the answer or, or find it out for us. Yeah, she's a bulldog. <laughs> yeah, she is. She's a good bulldog. She is that. I did find the, the websites here for oh, people to check. It's, it's highlighted and everything on my, my notes. It's uh, Tennessee, spell it out, Tennessee.com. Delta Dental, all one word, D-E-L-T-A, dental.com. And you can also go to tn.gov slash health. Um, that's our um, Tennessee government uh, website and see if there's um, anything closer. I, I do think Tennessee Dental, um, the guide is very good because it tells you like, you know, what to do. And one of the things that kind of stood out is you call and you keep calling. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what it takes sometimes you know these places are spread all over and, and often on this this um, podcast we talk about the difficulties with transportation and in having reliable transportation yeah it's it's like like Jim Peterman said um, not long ago he said that this is this is a, a multi-pronged problem that there's no easy solution to no there isn't there isn't but you know in, in kind of my um, summary uh, we'll see if there's anything else we want to say after this but it seems appropriate now is that this is another gap in the basic healthcare need. Another in, in healthcare in our state, it's another inequality. We have so much inequality in Tennessee. We we have volunteers. We have, like yourself, um, Bruce, donations, uh, trying to get grants, begging. Begging is a strong word, but we're begging to meet a basic health uh, need for American citizens. I think it's easy to stereotype um, 
the the type of patients that we see in Bersheba or in any of these type of clinics um, as freeloaders or or you know just people who are trying to, to to make a living off of the government. And there may be a few of those there, but I think that's definitely the exception to the rule. I think most most people that I've seen in our clinic they want a better life. They want to do, they realize that they've gotten either, either by choices they've made or by choices that have been made for them, they've gotten themselves in, or they have been put in a position where they need to take advantage of a, of a, of of a a low cost or no cost um, medical care situation. And I think that most of these patients that I've seen realize that they're really grateful for the the work that's being done for them, and I and I think uh, uh, generally, once they get themselves back on their feet and their families in good situations, are are really good contributors to society, and, and they're going to and and I, I really feel like that things can change. Um, in these situations, I know it's not going to be quick, and and but I think the you know if we keep plugging away at it, um, and and we get more uh, ambassadors out there who or the patients themselves are good ambassadors that uh, especially the ones who who um, take advantage of you know of this care and then go out and do something good for other people. I think that it's all going to work out eventually. You've seen this more than I have um, uh, with you know, some sort of horrific stories that have come through your clinic that, and, and, and I've been even practicing dentistry in Sewanee for 30 plus years. I, I thought I'd seen or heard most all stories, but I, I've been, I've been sort of shocked at some of the situations that I've heard that people um, are in on the plateau. And, and I, I just think that, um, that, I really feel like that, as I said before, I just really feel like most of these people want to do much better for themselves and are going to, if they, if they're in a position where they can. Yeah. I always said that um, after 40 years of nursing, um, my volunteer work at Bersheba was the hardest, Yeah, the (laughs) hardest I'd ever done and not get paid because of the challenges, the patients and the lack of resources. And you really had to we have to use your bean yeah, for sure. <laughs> to right. get the message um, across and, um, you know, do what you can with very little. So thank you so much for well, the work you. that you're doing. Well, thank you for all you're doing too. And for this podcast, this is great. All right. Well, I, uh, um, I enjoy, I enjoy doing it and I um, thank the Tennessee holler. And again, um, I encourage um, people to go there and just see what's there. It is uh, progressive voices. So there's some, you know, there's some new ideas, but, um, and it's not PBS. It's all just like, you know, people like me just uh, yelling the truth and trying to make people aware of, of what's going on and, 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 and go a little further, a little more in depth into, uh, you know, what's going on around us. So thanks for participating. Good oh. luck to you and your extractions. Well, we're going to keep going and hopefully we're going to be able to expand our services. In the next get year. some more volunteers too. Thanks. Uh, so much. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. Good talking to you.